1: Hey there, it's Gary Perry's It's Wednesday, May 13, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me and it's been nine days since our last podcast. I think that's the longest we've gone between podcasts since at least the start of last season. So Nor- Norlanda, how you been? Family right.
0: okay? Everybody good? Yeah, I've been I've been good, man. It's it's not a bad little break here. We have had some news. We're gonna get to. There's been some random stuff with college hoops and, and whatnot. But uh, just trying to keep up with schedules and and keep up with the kids here at home. Finally, getting a couple nice days here in Connecticut. Get the kids outside. Do all that stuff. I actually come to you with uh, with wet knees. I was doing some gardening wet before knees. we did. We wet knees. That's right. Before we uh, before we podcasted here. Just getting in the weeds out there trying to clean up some stuff so uh it's been uh, it's been pretty good how you hanging how you hanging in down there in memphis and how's your son i think since we last podcasted <laughs> your son decided to ramp up the your household treadmill to uh to 10.0 speed and just hop on it and bust up his face how's he doing oh,
1: he's doing well he recovered quickly and uh it's it's uh it's, it's now just an incident in his past but it's a circus it's a circus every day i'm i'm i'm, I'm exhausted. I got, I, I, our nights are exactly the same. I finish radio at six, get home around six thirty, and as soon as I walk in, you know, uh, my wife's had the kids um, for the entire afternoon, and so she's ready for a break, and the kids are ready to play with me. She's more of a, she's the one that sits down at the table and does the teaching, and I'm the one that says, "Oh, you want some more of this Mario Kart? Let's go!" And so I walk in, and uh, Oliver's like, "Hey, Dad, can uh, you want to play Mario Kart?" I said, "Of course, I want to play Mario Kart for the 700th consecutive day, uh, <laughs> but I need about." 10 minutes to do a couple of things before we play. He said, okay, how long is 10 minutes? Because he still has no concept of time. I said, it's not too long, Uh, you can just stay down here or you can come upstairs and and hang out for a minute. He said, I'll come upstairs, I said, cool. So the way my office is set up, um, the the treadmill is about, I don't know, 15 feet from my desk, but I can't see it from my desk, it's just the way the walls are shaped. Uh, I I, 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 I could take a picture and send it to you. And so I hear him on the treadmill, you know, just going normal speed and uh, – because he sexually announces to me, well, I'll just – while I'm waiting, I'll play on the treadmill. And I said, well, that's not really a toy. Um, that's more of an exercise thing. He said, well, I'll exercise then. I said, you're, you're six. You don't you are really need exercise. You, like, you look like you're in good shape. You don't need exercise right now, especially on the treadmill. Just please, can you just sit still for ten minutes and let me do what I got to do? So he uh, – the next thing I hear is him cr- cranking up the treadmill. So, I mean it's full speed and I hear it running and he – like, he's, he's cranked it up before. He's never actually tried to get on it. But I guess this time he just said, I'll see what happens when I jump on it. Oh and before I had gosh. time to say, like, hey, don't turn it off or stop playing around, he just – I hear, "Boo boo boo," And then I hear nothing. I said, I said, hey, are you all right? And nothing. And he just sort of walks with his back to me out the door and then downstairs. And so I'm like, well, he – you know, he must have. I, I thought maybe he threw something on the treadmill, like a golf club or something. I didn't know, and so then I'm just <laughs> what? But like, because I got why a would a golf green, club
0: make that noise, Parrish? I don't,
1: it was. I thought he threw something that weighed up, I thought he's. I didn't think it was his. I didn't think it was wow. him because I never heard him cry or or like if I did that, I'd be like ow or f or something. I didn't hear. There was no sound from a human, so I thought he just threw something on the treadmill and then. I said, hey, are you OK? And he, I just see him walk out. And so I just I'm like, OK, well, this is good. Now he's gone. Treadmill's off. I can do what I need to do before we play Mario Kart for three hours. And I get a text message from my wife. And she says uh, it, it just says, come here. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm in trouble already tonight. Usually it's at least 10 o'clock before I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble already. And I go downstairs and he is sitting in the bathtub in tears <laughs> and his face is busted up. Bad black eye, big scars. I mean, it's, like, he went head first into the treadmill, and then the treadmill just bam, bam, bam on his face. And uh, he was so either embarrassed right. or scared of getting in trouble mm-hmm. that he was going to try to sneak out. But he didn't know until he got downstairs that his face was messed up, right? And mm-hmm. so he got downstairs, looked in the mirror, then he knew there was no hiding it. It was hard to be mad at him, I, you know, like he just he's a it's a 6-year-old who's been home for two straight months. He's going crazy, but yeah. So if you if you're keeping track, since the pandemic has hit and we've been uh safer at home, safer at home. How ridiculous is that? Not in this home. My son, nope. my 17-year-old has run over our mailbox. Uh my 6-year-old has gone headfirst into a treadmill and my 3-year-old has taken a stone from outside, thrown it into a glass shower door and shattered the entire thing. This whole pandemic is is uh it's been it's been it's been rough on my house and on my children. Was it's
0: the was was the great uh, flood of Hernando also post NCAA <laughs> yeah. tournament cancellation? Yeah. Okay. Yes,
1: we had, it, we also flooded our backyard. Okay. That, that seems like that seems so hmm. minor relative to everything else at, at this point. Wow. Um, but yes, we also um, we flooded the backyard since the pandemic. But other than that, everybody's good. Like we're mostly healthy, and uh, we're doing okay. And, and I, I actually think. It's interesting you and I living in two totally different parts of the country because we are now approaching this in two totally different ways. Like down here, folks are just like, yeah, you know what? I ain't worried about it anymore. I mean that is generally the approach. Like I went to a grocery store Friday night. I tweeted about this, and it's just uh, an anecdotal uh, piece of evidence, but it's it's true. I went to a grocery store Friday night near my home. Two weeks ago I went to the same grocery store. I say about 50 percent of the people were wearing masks. I went the other night, Friday night, and I was the only customer. The only customer I saw wearing a mask was
0: me. Yikes. Yeah. I'm due for my next <laughs> I'm due for my next grocery trip, I think Friday. Uh we've been able to space it out basically every 14 to 16 days and uh the past like three times it's been every single person and obviously the tape on the floors and all that stuff. And uh I guess we'll see coming forward, but Connecticut still is, you know, it's Beginning to loosen some things, but it's, I think, for the better, still staying mostly more cautious than anything. But uh, but you're right. We are reaching a point here where uh, a certain segment of the population is basically fed up. And we're going to get to some stuff here. But real quick, just on the sports angle with all of this, uh, this is how things can become more detrimental to sports, and even our livelihoods like if, if the collective population just decides not to buy into this and is going to do what it's going to do and we have uh exacerbation with this around the country then it's going to stall the return of baseball or football or college sports and, and college in general as a, a completely other kettle of fish there so um it has been interesting to see and track all of this stuff and follow it gp um because i can understand Particularly with millions and mil- tens of millions of Americans that are uh, out of work or have been furloughed and are are reaching a point of desperation, there's no doubt about it. And yet the virus just doesn't give a damn about any of that. Uh, if you don't abide by its rules, it's going to stand to potentially infect a lot more people. And even if that's not uh, going to kill a, a high percentage, it's still going to kill tens and th- tens of thousands of people. It's going to put a lot of people into hospitals. The long-term effects of all this, we still don't even know. And so that's why the people in charge of these sports leagues are, you know, they have to be aware of all of this because of, not just shutdowns or or, or stalls, but potential lawsuits that could come with all of this, and so... Um I understand the virus, unfortunately it should be a a matter dictated largely uh, by science, I understand that, but it inevitably has become a political thing and this is a a case where uh, the politics of it in sports, it's inevitably going to intersect here and it is going to have an impact on when we can see leagues resume later this year. Um, For every day that I might have a little bit of optimism, the next day arrives and and there's real cases for why that might not uh, be such a smart thing. You're a huge baseball fan Mm. and um, Washington uh, National Sean Doolittle, I believe he had a just a great uh, Twitter thread on Monday that was like, hey, listen, I, I want to play as soon as possible. But before we do that, here are all of the reasons why um, we need to take into consideration before we do this. And it was everything from the people that work these events to help you travel, the buses, um, the families that need to be taken care of, all the all, all the staff, everything that goes into it. And it was just a, a, a reminder. And when you consider everything that he was putting on the table there with college athletes it's it, it's an even starker reminder so I, I remain hopeful and optimistic but you also have to be pragmatic with all of this stuff and the anecdotes like you give out of, out of your hometown there um they're not surprising uh but uh, it would be nicer if we could see people collectively just being a little more willing to just wear your mask when you go out in public don't when you when you refuse to do that you come off as close-minded, selfish, frankly, a jerk because it's not just about you. It's about everyone else around you. Uh, in addition to the fact that, you know, studies have shown that if everyone wears masks, the, the transmission of the virus empirically dramatically reduces and we can actually help ourselves. If we're even willing to do that, if you want to get out and leave your house and, and do what you got to do, go to the store, go where you want to go. If you wear a mask, you are going to help the cause and help us get back to where we need to be um, sooner rather than later.
1: Right. I mean, that that's sort of the, you know, the, the message I've, you know, my to my my children all have their own mask. And, um you know, my wife and I, have you know, I haven't been anywhere other than my house where I wasn't wearing a mask. And, you know, and I, I, it's not it's not that big of a deal. Like, it I, you know, I don't love it. It feels weird. Um, it's difficult to communicate with another person if you're trying to do that. But like. You know, the problem and listen, we're not breaking news here. The, the problem isn't what happens when a 25 year old gets the virus. Like, that 25 year old is almost certainly going to be fine. The problem is what happens when that 25 year old gets the virus, spreads that virus to somebody who is not going to handle it as well. And if wearing a mask could prevent that from happening. Or make it less likely that it will happen, which is exactly what wearing the mask does. I just don't understand how you you couldn't say, okay, I, if if that's all I have to do to do my part, I'll do that. It really does seem selfish if you're walking around a grocery store uh, with no mask on. And in fact, I wear the mask somewhat for that reason as well. I like, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't want people mask shaming me (laughs) you know like like looking at me like yo man why aren't you why don't you have a mask on the reverse is happening
0: though like i had i so one of my closest buddies who is actually a cancer survivor contracted coronavirus about three weeks ago and he's he's okay he's he's recovered and all that um but uh, he happens to work for one of the largest manufacturers in Connecticut, and they have a, a system where like, massive shifts of people leave the building and enter the building. And he got out of his car, uh, put on his – I was talking to him about three or four days ago. We were just doing a, a catch-up, how you do and whatnot, and we were just talking about everything that he had gone through. And he's getting out of his car, getting ready to go in, and as he gets out, he puts his mask on. And another person who he doesn't know just happens to work at the company is leaving to go to his car and says, you know, you really shouldn't let the government tell you what you should do. There's no reason why. <laughs> that's the exact. And he, he's like, you know what? I didn't even say anything to him because um, it's just not worth the fight sometimes. But that's the exact thinking. That's the problem there that that I think will ultimately uh Go towards stalling, returning to where we want to be, and and returning to sports to some sense of normalcy. Not just the the games being played, GP, but even able to have fans in stadiums at ten percent capacity, at twenty percent capacity, let alone one hundred percent capacity. Who knows when that could even be possible?
1: Yeah, like I, I haven't seen that like in person, like. Oh, you're wearing a mask. You're a sheep. You know, I haven't seen that with my, and I haven't heard that, but I know those stories exist. And it's just like, what? Like somebody's actually trying to to do what the scientists are asking us to do, and you're like that. That you're mad at them for it? Like you're you're what? I mean, it, it, I honestly, and perhaps this was naive. Um, and then we'll move on. I honestly thought this would be an issue this pandemic that like, we could all basically agree on like, Hey, if the scientists say let's wear a mask, then let's wear a mask. And I I think we were okay for about a week. And then it quickly turned into depending on what channel you watch at night. Um, that's how you're going to feel about wearing a mask in public. And like, you can't let the government take your rights away. It's just nonsense, but it's, it's our country. (laughs) So, uh, uh, we'll get through it one way or another. I, hope let's move on to sports i want to start it's sort of tied to all this i want to start on a column i wrote uh earlier this week that got um Uh, A lot of reaction and uh, basically the reaction I thought it would get. And it really falls into exactly what we're talking about right now. Either uh, like if you believe this virus is a real and dangerous thing, people are like, oh, wow, I hadn't really thought of that. But that's going to be a storyline. And if you believe that it's stupid to wear a mask, then you think that I'm making a big deal out of absolutely nothing. Right. So whatever. But um, I'm watching cable news um, all day, every day right now, just like millions of others. I'm addicted to the updates. Uh, I'm anxious for any good developments. And one of the things I started hearing last week from both doctors and politicians, even the president of the the United States, who has been skeptical of this virus, um, more skeptical than most, uh, one of the things that everybody seems to agree on is that teachers and professors 65 and up should be urged to take the fall semester off from in-person teaching because they are, according to the CDC. At high risk for severe illness from COVID-19, so it got me thinking: like, if if professors and teachers are going to be encouraged not to conduct in-person teaching this fall semester and maybe spring semester as well, why would it be okay for 76-year-old Jim Beheim to do in-person coaching? Like, why would it be why would it be safe for 74-year-old Mike Shashewsky to do in-person coaching? 70-year-old Roy Williams? You know, anybody, 65 or up, and the list of coaches is pretty significant. Rick Patino, Leonard Hamilton, Bob Huggins, Tom Izzo, um, uh, Bob McKillop. And so I was like, well, like, somewhere, there's a breakdown here because nobody's really talking about – everybody's talking about are we going to have sports? Mm-hmm. And then are we going to have these individual sports, baseball, NBA, college, basketball? haven't really heard anybody talk about – like is is Jim Beheim going to be is, – is it going to be reasonable for him to coach his basketball team if we have a basketball season, if it starts on time without a vaccine? And so just to make sure I wasn't being crazy, um, there's a man named uh, John McCullers, Dr. John McCullers, and he is uh, an expert in influenza and pandemics, and he is actually leading a task force – that is advising the University of Tennessee on how to safely reopen its campus in the fall. So this is like a serious doctor who has serious responsibilities. He's an authority on this. And um, I got his number and I reached out to him. I said, hey, listen, just uh, the simplest of questions, but I want to make sure I'm not off base here, that I don't have a blind spot or I'm missing something. And he said, "Okay, what? I said, I I I said, my understanding is 65 and up. Or and Anybody with underlying medical conditions, like they, they, don't need, they be, need, need to be more careful than most. He said, of course. I said, so 65 and up professors are being discouraged from teaching in the fall semester. Is that also true? He said, my recommendation to the University of Tennessee is that 60 and up. He actually took it five years younger. He said, my official recommendation to the University of Tennessee is that 60 and up professors um, either take the year off or teach online and I said, okay, let me ask you this. Why is it going to be safe for 76-year-old Jim Boeheim at Syracuse, 74-year-old Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, 70-year-old Roy Williams at North Carolina, and any other coach in that age? Why is it going to be safe for them to resume coaching in any kind of traditional way? And he said, oh, I don't think it's going to be safe. And so here we are. Um, You know, first, we got to figure out if we're going to have a season. But once we Figure out – if we get to a place where the season is actually going to start on time, November 10th, Champions Classic, like is Mike Krzyzewski going to be coaching in that way? Because the, if he is, what he is doing is exposing himself to college students, college basketball players who are bouncing around a college campus all day every day. And then they're coming into a locker room. Like is Mike Krzyzewski going to be okay in a huddle? Where I left the column was it seems like these coaches are going to have some pretty tough
0: decisions to make. Where are you at on all this? They will have tough decisions to make. Um, now, college basketball gets the, you know, it got the worst of it in that its biggest event got canceled because of coronavirus. But because of where it lands on the calendar, the sport now gets the benefit of having to wait the longest. Okay. Um Every other sport will return or is scheduled to return prior to college basketball and so that inherently is is undeniably GP a benefit there. But whenever we get to that point, first and foremost, you hope that we have enough data to make more informed decisions. Obviously it's going to be a a, a difficult thing for college basketball coaches, many of them extremely good, because if you're a head coach at that age Obviously, you are accomplished. You've been around a while, and 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 you know what, you know what you're doing, so to speak. And so that makes it uh, makes it all the tougher because you're an established person in your field. And the idea that you would not coach um, is is not it's not an easy decision under any circumstances. But in this particular field, where it's competitive, um, you know, is it is it easy to envision a scenario in which coaches would do that? I, I will say this. Uh, dropping it down to um, the the sixty threshold, if you will, GP. I mean that that brings in even more coaches into the fold, and and affects a lot of men who you know are, are at prominent places. If you look across the major seven conferences, uh, here's here's a, a quick roll off of, of most of them: Bruce Weber at Kansas State, Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Fran McCaffrey at Iowa, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, obviously Krzyzewski at Duke, Mike Bray at Notre Dame, Jim Beheim at Syracuse, Jim Laranega at Florida, Roy at UNC, Dana Altman at Oregon, Ben Hallen at Mississippi State, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, Kelvin Sampson at Houston, Bob Huggins at West Virginia, Long Kruger at Oklahoma. I mean, th- there might even be a couple more in there. I mean, that's a lot of guys. And obviously, I, if it got to that point where they, they had to seriously consider it, I would, ex- I would expect that most, if not all, would do it. But it is a legitimate health risk. And particularly uh, when you look at how the statistics affect people, especially when you get into that 70-plus range, even more so. So it's, it's a worthy question to put out there. I understand how this can trigger some people, uh, frankly, who shouldn't be triggered by this stuff where they say, you know, why is the the media fear-mongering? It's it's not necessarily that. It's that these are actual real questions that these head coaches will be addressed by not just the CDC and Brian Hanline who helps run up um, the COVID-19 task force with the NCAA, but again, as you just – the own chief of of this whole project with Tennessee, one of his own coaches – would apply to this okay sure. so these kind of questions it's just kind of here are the risks you need to know about obviously we are going to try and put you in situations where you are best protected to this and frankly if, if college sports is to return you need to have testing on it on, on a practically daily basis of everyone that wants to be in the building gp i mean and until we get legitimate medicine and vaccine that's the only way that you're going to be able to do this and so it just it, it presents an interesting scenario down the road and that's just men's basketball I mean, there are so many college sports that have uh, coaches that are beyond that 60 or even 65 mark and even notable ones in football. So, I mean, some of the best coaches, you know, Saban, uh, the most prominent of, of all of them, uh, crossed that threshold as well.
1: Right. I mean, Nick Saban, 69 years old. Uh, John Calipari, by the way, you were listing college basketball coaches, 61 years old. Yeah, there you and, go. Yeah. And so... Um, the, the, the reaction to the column, the, the negative reaction was like just weird to me, unsurprising, but still weird because the column doesn't even have an opinion in it. Mm. It's not an opinion right. column. It's, it's, um, okay. Uh, the, uh, COVID-19 is here and it's not going anywhere. Fact. We are almost certainly not going to have a vaccine by November. Fact. Um, professors 65 and up are being encouraged, uh, not to return to in-person teaching. Fact. Um, there's a lot of prominent coaches 65 and up. Uh, boy, it sounds like they're going to have a tough decision to make. That's the whole column. And people are like, well, um, I think it should be their choice. Mother effer. I said it should be their choice. I mean, I'm not actually sure it should be their choice. Like they, the college could actually implement some sort of safety precaution that – that says we're protecting you from yourself. Like, I don't know the legal, I don't know how, the, in legal terms, how that would work, but like, I'm not certain it'll be left up to the coaches, but I, I, I certainly didn't suggest it shouldn't be in the column. Of course, leave, fine, leave it up to them. I'm just saying if you leave it up to them, it's still a tough decision because, you know, the, if we get the NBA back, because I had somebody say, well, hey, what about Greg Popovich? You know, he's in his 70s, and, and uh, uh, Mike D'Antoni is, uh, I think, 69 years old. And listen, I think they've got to take this into consideration as well. But what we're going to do with the NBA, presumably, is like take everybody to Disney World, create something as close to a bubble as can reasonably be created, and then test, 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 test. And I'm certain a positive test will pop up here and there, but I don't think it will be massive numbers. I I hope that it won't be massive numbers. Um, A college campus is not a bubble. You know, it's it, you're going to have you know, 10,000, 15,000. At Syracuse, it's like 22,000 enrollment. You know, I don't know what the numbers are going to look like this fall, but tens of thousands of people, um, bouncing around a campus, and the virus is going to be on that campus. Some people are going to bring it to the campus, others are going to contract it while they're there. But no person with a brain is trying to suggest that that people aren't going to get sick if we reopen these campuses in. In the fall, the only argument, and this is also rooted in fact, is college-age kids will almost certainly be fine. They'll, they'll almost all survive. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, like, so yes, they'll be sick, but they'll, they'll all survive. You know, with, with, it's incredibly rare for a young person without underlying medical conditions to, to die from this. At least that's what the data shows at this moment. So, okay, the, yes, the virus will be there and kids will get sick, but they their kids. They're going to be fine. All right. But now they're bouncing, the virus is bouncing around the campus. And what happens if uh, a Syracuse basketball player or Duke basketball player gets it? And now he walks in a locker room with Jim Beheim? Like, that's where the danger comes in. I mean, even Clay Travis, who has been uh, dismissive of this virus from the jump um, in embarrassingly wrong ways, even he says um, we should reopen all college campuses but just keep teachers 65 and up out of, uh, off campus, keep employees 65 and up people who work in a cafeteria, anybody 65 and up, you can't come to campus. Everybody else let's go. Like that's even his plan. I mean, this is something nobody seems to disagree with that it is going to be dangerous for people 65 and up to be on a college campus. And so, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it strikes me as, uh, an unavoidable issue that might have sounded ridiculous to some when I posed it this week. But if we actually get to a point where we're getting ready to start a season on time and there's still no vaccine – it'll be an issue again. Like Jim Beheim will have to answer that question. Mike Krzyzewski will have to answer that question. If it's not safe for a professor your age to be on this campus, why is it safe for you to be on this campus? And I asked Dr. McCullough, I was like, well, what's the alternative to just take stepping away from coaching for a year? He said, well, you could maybe try to coach with social distancing policies involved. And I'm like, "How does that? what does that even look like? And he said, like, you never go in the locker room. You speak to your players from a distance. Like you might sit – like if you're practicing inside uh, the Dean Smith Center, you might sit on the fifth row and coach from there. And then during games, you like actually sit in a luxury box. Like Like I said, so you cannot envision a scenario where you would recommend it's okay for Mike Krzyzewski to be in a huddle on the bench. He said, absolutely not. I mean it's a real thing.
0: That's interesting, and uh, comparing basketball to football, football, the one advantage it has is that you can... Is, well, big time, and uh, a second is that you can actually accommodate head coaches. It's uncommon, uh, but the coordinators do it. They can just go up to their own coaching box and just opt to do it like that, and you have telecommunications, and, and football at least has a base of that. Basketball just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. Uh, and, and Not to mention, GP, the the travel schedules that, that could be in play here as well. I mean, there's just, you know, there's so much to figure out. Again, college basketball has the benefit that it's got the most pushed out start to its season of any major American sport. Any. The last sport that is on uh, the assembly line to kick up again is college basketball, and that's on until the second week of November. So we'll wait and see. There's a, I mean, there's just so much more that we have to uh, encounter in terms of uh, when sports can start and under what circumstances. Um, you know, college basketball is just given the benefit of coming behind college football. We wait and see with all of that. I mean, you know, this has been an amplified talking point in the past week or so with college football and athletic directors saying we are. Hopeful we can't, we plan to, to get going on time. I mean, I saw Colin Cowherd tweet on Tuesday night that he had people telling him that USC versus Alabama would not be happening this year. And then you've got both athletic directors having to publicly come out and say that's not the case. We still are planning to play the game. And you get into this dangerous position where if you're college football, you are trying, obviously, to... To keep all appearances up that you're going to be able to play games, because like colleges, you know, we don't have to slip too far down this rabbit hole, GP. But like colleges rely on on their tuition, on these on people on campus and paying. And and if you can't have uh, people attending campuses in the fall, then who's to say that these people are going to be like, yeah, I'm not paying full tuition to learn at home for three to six months. That's just not going to happen. You got me at the tail end of the spring semester. I'm not paying my tuition to do distance learning from uh, August until December again. And so, all again, all of this stuff is just so interconnected and interwoven. Um, Even Mark Emmert, uh, you got California. You got California, which is saying we're not going to have in-person. And now the Pac-12 is responding to that. Mark Emmert, in a blast of absolutely gorgeous irony, is coming out and saying, listen, on a state-by-state basis, this might have to be what needs to be decided here. And yet that's not the case when it comes to the NIL stuff. It's just unbelievable how all of these issues have found a way to interconnect with each other in light of the coronavirus. So it's okay if the NCAA wants to go state-by-state in terms of what schools might be able to start, what might not, and how competition might happen here or there. But if you want to enact NIL stuff, it can't be done on a state-by-state basis. I find that incredibly hypocritical and downright hilarious. Of course, it's doable. Of course, it's manageable. Um, but we'll wait and see with college basketball in regard to how it can start with its older coaches. But you bring up a good point there, uh, well ahead of the curve at that GP. And uh, one more note before I kind of wrap up this. Um, don't need to spend too much time talking on We'll probably get to it later. But I also will just note, um, more writing on the wall, like... July recruiting in-person evaluation is, is basically done. It's not officially done, but the NABC recommended it be done. The, co- the NCAA canceled its college camps that they did last year for the first time. Those aren't going to happen. So, again, just another inevitability, another, another thing with inevitability, that's off the table. And so with July recruiting now done, the next thing for college basketball as it pertains to how it relates to the coronavirus really does come down to okay, do we think we're going to be able to start the season on time and how will the schedules be affected? All of that stuff will come after we have answers with college football and we will not have answers with college football until we get to June at the earliest.
1: Um, one last thing on the high risk coaches, um, and 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 then I'll make a, another general point. And we'll move on, but because uh, I, I I'm assuming somebody's probably thinking this because I've been asked about it on Twitter, like isn't there going to be just uh, you know testing, 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 testing for these student athletes on college campuses, and so the high risk coaches could be safe because they're going to be tested every day. Well, um, listen, testing's better than not testing. Anybody who tells you otherwise is not making sense. But you know, you can you can contract this virus and be carrying it and in its earliest stages it might still not show up on a test it, this is not a thing where the second you get the virus you you um it'll show up on a test that's just not necessarily true and also even if you're tested every day let's say you're tested at noon you're you're clean um, at two o'clock you contract the virus but you're not tested again till noon tomorrow right like like you just carry the 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 virus around for 22 hours and you didn't know it. And so the testing is good, but all the testing will do is say, okay, you've got it. Now you need to be isolated. The testing will not prevent you from getting it and it will not prevent you from spreading it. So I, I guess my answer, cause I talked with the doctor about all of this and I've read enough about it to, you know, the testing is better than not testing, but will, Hey, you know, uh, Duke basketball is going to test every day. Uh, you know, th- th- that'll protect Mike Krzyzewski, not necessarily. It-, it it would not prevent, again, what I just laid out, a player being tested, then contracting the virus, then bringing it back to the uh, the locker room. It's just, it's a complicated, complicated deal. And I will say on uh, the larger college athletics thing in general, I do believe that college campuses for the most part are going to be open in the fall because the alternative is financially devastating. Like, you know, I I read a really interesting piece on this a few weeks back and it was written by uh, an Ivy League professor at some school. And the point the professor was making was you have to understand universities, for the most part, this is oversimplification, but it's, you know, it's basically, it gets the point across. Universities get paid, like you get paid, Matt Norlander, every two weeks. Universities get paid twice a year, fall semester, spring semester. And if you miss one of those paydays – it is crippling. And so I don't think it'll be necessarily the best public health thing to do. It, the best thing to do in terms of public health to open up college campuses. But when you weigh the closing of college campuses against that, I, I think college campuses are going to mostly be open. It, it's just going to be like, hey, we'll do our best. But, but we, we have to have students on campus. Um, because they just online uh, learning, like you're not gonna be able to charge the same for that. Kids will just take the semester off. Yeah. Like I, I, if my son were graduating high school right now, I, my my son's my oldest son's a junior. Right. You'd be Instead like, of, you know what?
0: Let's just not go to college next next fall.
1: hundred percent. Yeah, I would say let's just take the year off. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, uh, you know, listen. My problems are smaller than most people's problems, but he goes to a, a prestigious uh, private school, and. It cost a lot of money to send him there. And if they're doing online classes again next year, I'm like, I, I, there is no way I'm going to pay that <laughs> amount of money to have him sit at home all day long. No like shot. That, but, but, okay, but here's the alternative. W- what do I do? Like the entire reason he's at that school is, A, it's a great school and he's, he's, he's smarter because of it. Um, but I need him to graduate from that school. I need that on his college resume. Like that changes mm-hmm. his entire – um, it, it changes everything just saying I went to this school. Ooh, wow. As opposed to I went to this school. Okay, whatever And so I, I gotta I probably gotta pay the money no matter what just because I need him to graduate from that school for the way that it looks So, um, you know like People are having to make these these tough decisions um, You know all, all over america and and they are tough decisions, but I do believe college campuses will be open I'll be honest with you I am less optimistic That football is going to start on time that basketball is going to start on time. Because when you start to think through it, like how – okay, now let, let's just start playing it out. It's November 10th, Champions Classic. Okay, four basketball teams are flying to Chicago? Okay, you, you, we know they're well, not going to have fans. One
0: won't. Two, but, two, two won't. Three could conceivably not, and Duke is the only one that absolutely has to fly. I know what you're saying, but yes.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, uh, okay, we're doing now fans, and then uh, what – what happens when, like, okay, can? What about the high risk coaches? We've talked through that enough. Um, what happens when two players at NC State test positive? Now, what are we doing? I, it just, mm-hmm. I, 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 the my, my goal every time I speak or write is to be right, is to be correct. I would love to be wrong about this, but I, I it's, it's a little easier to uh, envision the NBA coming back. Like, you create a bubble, you play your games in that bubble. Major League Baseball, it's a little easier to understand how it might work. Um, college athletics? I mean, you got college basketball players, football players, bouncing around a college campus all day, every day. And then they're coming together, and then they're traveling. It just, it's really, it's, it's hard to see how that goes well.
0: I mean, last thing, this is the most... I mean, the biggest elephant in the room is that, you know, they are referred to in almost uh, with pedantry uh, as student athletes, okay? And so you can't have the not-student part of this be involved and have the games. I mean, then, then you're just baldly giving up what this is and what everyone realizes is that it is. And so mm-hmm. the NCAA and colleges will protect them from that, um, by saying, you know, we're not going to have games unless we have campuses open and that students can come uh, and be on campuses the way that, that college athletes can be on campuses. So, um, you know, there's a reckoning to be had there. We are, listen, you know, I, I like to believe and hope that we are able to have these conversations as realists, as pragmatists, um, and maybe even with a little bit of uh, of optimism in there. Our livelihoods depend on this. We want the games back as soon as possible, Okay. It is ruinous if we don't have sports, but we have to be smart about this and also have to bring in all elements of of what could happen here. So I, I hope uh, I hope that's the case, but uh, but we wait and see. Hey, you want to talk about Duke and Zion Williamson somehow finding their way into the headlines here? I can't. We got we got a pandemic here, and yet somehow scandal left and right. It was the Mother's Day
1: gift for anti, for the anti-Duke crowd. Zion Williamson's name has been creating headlines the past few days. We will get into that next, but first, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level level. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So Zion Williamson's name has been in the news the past few days. I'll try to walk you through it. The quick version is this. Zion signed a marketing deal with a woman named Gina Ford in prime sports after his one season at Duke. And then he decided, F this, I'm going with CAA. So he sued Gina Ford to get out of the contract on what amounts to a technicality. And now she's counter suing him for $100 million in punitive damages. And on Sunday, documents surfaced showing that Gina Ford's attorneys are asking Zion to admit he and his family were basically getting money slash impermissible benefits from everybody to do everything, from Adidas, from Nike, from people acting on behalf of Duke. And it could, in theory, lead to Zion having to answer some really hard questions under oath. Uh, but I can't imagine he's ever going to do that. So best I can tell, this looks like Gina Ford just trying to put public pressure on Zion to settle out of court. That's what this is, right?
0: I think so. Uh, when you get to the the bare bones of this, uh, Gina Ford wants her damn money because she was able to get Zion to sign on a line. And then CAA came in, took over the whole deal, uh, left her in the wake. And I, what I... I what I cannot tell listeners is how viable this countersuit is. She was the one who was sued first, and now she is countersuing. And the the salacious questions, which obviously capture the attention of a significant portion of college basketball fans, who are aching and have been aching for decades for Duke to get um, body slammed by the NCAA. This is this is where you know they just the eyes pop and say oh could this possibly lead to anything like for example a couple of these questions that are that are that have been asked as means of fact finding and not necessarily are allegations you know Sharonda Sampson Williamson's mother and Lee Anderson's stepfather quote demanded and received gifts and economic benefits from persons acting on behalf of Duke University directly and or indirectly to influence Williamson to attend Duke University to play basketball there's other ones that are similar to that um I don't know where this can lead. Uh if if listeners are looking for us to share our opinions on the realities of Zion Williamson playing at Duke and the mechanisms of the system that went into that, obviously. Um this all ties into Kansas by the way in that, you know, since we last podcasted uh, the NCAA sent, uh, or sent out its formal response to Kansas's response to the notice of allegations, and that was a small little story on Saturday. Uh, but within all this, because this is a deal, is because during the trial, obviously, uh, we had uh, wiretaps and transcripts with Kansas assistant Curtis Townsend talking with Adidas consultant Merle Code about the recruitment of Williamson. And you've got Merle Code telling Curtis Townsend, I've talked with the family. They want money in the pocket. They want a living situation. They want employment opportunities. That's what they're looking for if you're going to land this kid. Townsend, who is going to be serving a suspension, in my opinion, because of what he is saying on the tape, Kansas is going to fight it. I just think a suspension for him is inevitable, um, is saying, okay, well, i got to do what i got to do to try and somehow get this kid uh, to to come play for us, so I'm still going to recruit him. So that's how Williamson gets looped in on this. I wrote a, a column the day it happened, uh, that day in federal court. You can go search it out if you want. It's always been problematic for Duke because of that. Do I think that Mike Shashevsky or his assistants were actually involved in any kind of... Pay- no. If payments for Zion? absolutely not. I just don't believe... Because, frankly, that's, that's downright idiocy. And when you consider the timeline of when all this uh, is happening, it just... It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense here. Um, what is true... Is that Williamson picking Duke? This is something. This has been a little bit lost in history. Williamson picking Duke was a stunner. And Now, after we've seen him play in the uniform, become the biggest star in the sport in a, in a single season, in literally decades, it just makes sense. But when he announced it, on oh, what was it? I think it was a Saturday. I remember because I was. I actually did not work that weekend. I was up in Vermont on a little uh, ski excursion, and uh, I, I I came back to my phone to some texts saying. Uh, basically, signed to Duke. Oh my God, I can't believe it! It wasn't that. It was uh, Duke was like fourth or fifth down the list. So, there have been plenty of instances where high-profile players have gone to schools and it's been a surprise, and we found out later. Oh, look at that! DeAndre Ayton being one of them. Him picking Kansas was a complete shocker. Um, so there's that. There's also uh, just things that tend to throw up red flags, where you know the mother and the stepfather. Um, As they have every right to, they were not uh, overly accommodating in an informal sense to even uh, deal with media. Whereas if you have, uh, you know, I'll just use one example here. How about a player going to Kansas, GP? Bryce Thompson's going to go to play Kansas next season. Five-star player and usually parents not even for matters of the record for stories uh, they'll get to know writers here, they'll, they'll be willing to talk um, because frankly why wouldn't you I mean it's, it's an amazing thing to have a young man uh, that's considered good enough to play at one of the best schools, well, why wouldn't you want to gush about your own kid, uh, it's not that his his Zion's stepfather and mother were completely unwilling to do that, they were just uh, more gun shy if you will, to me that kind of behavior tends to throw up red flags, I don't even want to put myself uh, in the presence of me Media people. And so when you look back at all of this, yes, I do think that it is entirely likely that there could have been uh, representatives attached to Nike that could have been affording the Williamson family some benefits after he turned pro or even before that. Last thing I will note is that Williamson played for Adidas on the grassroots circuit. He played for his stepfather's team and they were paid to do so. That is above board. It's the same exact thing that happened to use another Duke player, the Bagley's with Duke. You are allowed to accept compensation from apparel companies if you have your own kind of team. It's a way of kind of working around the system. So um, that's just to kind of state the obvious. Yes, the family did receive benefits from Adidas when Zion Williamson was a prospect, but that part of it particularly was above board.
1: I have always assumed that Zion Williamson's amateur status was compromised in, in some way, either by him or his mother or his stepfather and perhaps all three. Uh, by the way, like, I'm, I, 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 why would Zion Williamson sign with Gina Ford? Like, that, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that was a deal done in advance of him leaving Duke. And then somebody said, what, what are you doing signing with Gina Ford? Like, you're Zion Williamson, go to CAA. So, listen, to me, this is, Impossible to to get around if you are the Duke program or a Duke fan. Let's just talk about what we know, and you laid it all out. But I, I I'll try to you know put it piece by piece. Uh, we know that an Adidas representative was on the phone with a Kansas assistant, saying, "Listen, the dad's got his hand out. He wants A, B, and C. It's money in his pocket." Kansas assistant says, "All right, like you know, we'll do what we got to do." So what does that establish? It establishes that a blue blood program that. Regularly enrolls five-star prospects is willing to do a deal for Zion Williamson. That's what we know. That's what the wiretap tells us. Once you've established that, that the stepdad wants to do a deal, and there's a blue blood program willing to do a deal, then Zion Williamson didn't go to college for nothing. All right, I'd, I'll never believe that. Um, so, so, so there's that. Um, do I I agree with you? Do I think Mike Shishetsky dropped a bag off somewhere? Of course not. That's ridiculous. Um,
0: do <laughs> just, I? Do, the image of that is amazing. But yes,
1: wouldn't it be th- wouldn't it be terrific if like Mike Shishetsky was meeting Zion's stepdad in the parking lot of a hardware store, dropping off a bag? <laughs> like, it would be the best thing ever.
0: I, I, and people want to desperate. I'm just. We are not caping up for Coach K. It's just not happening. That's, that's not. not that's, that's not how this is done. And with the exception of of Mark Gottfried kind of being a, a go between and in a huge aberration, it hasn't been how it's done for a long time. In fact, we joke about it on the podcast, like the fact that Tim Floyd got in the middle of this with OJ Mayo. That's like the last time it actually really happened. It's hilarious because how could how stupid could you have been even then? And that's more than a decade ago. Continue.
1: Oh uh, well, I remember asking somebody who was close to Tim um like what is he doing like meeting meeting OJ Mayo's guy on like I think it was Rodeo <laughs> Rodeo dry and like hand him in an envelope with down dollars. Rodeo I, I think it was like you google it google it but it was like in it was in you know it was somewhere it was somewhere nice and he like meets OJ's guy I want to say it was NBA all-star weekend or something and
0: he's, he's like – he
1: drops off like an envelope full of $100 oh bills. Gosh. And I'm like – I'm
0: rolling I'm down like, Rodeo with a, <laughs> with, with a bag, not a shotgun. Oh, that's amazing. Is, All right. is that the, that's rage, right? That's rage, yes. Okay. Yes.
1: So um, I'm like, why would Tim do that? He goes, here's why Tim would do that. Because Tim doesn't trust anybody. And Tim has always understood that if you just do it like he did it, you can always just say, didn't happen. And like, okay, now what? How do you prove it? How do you prove somebody handed you a $1,000 and $100 bills? Now, be a little more complicated in 2020. You never know if you're being secretly re- recorded, whatever. But in that time, you could sort of get away with it. Even if that person turned on you, you could just say, it didn't happen. And by the way, that's exactly what happened. That dude went on. The reason we know that story is because that dude went on like outside the lines and told his story. Tim Floyd met me here and gave me this, and it was this weekend, and – Tim Floyd said, nope, that didn't happen. And if you go back and look at the notice of allegations, that wasn't with, with USC Basketball, that wasn't even in there because they, they, there was no way to, 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 there was no evidence of it. And so it was just like, that, that's why he did the deal that way. But to our larger point, that's not the way most of these deals get done. Like, you know, people have always wanted John, John you know, John Calipari's paying players. I, I bet he's not. Uh, you know, I, 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 I assume yeah. somebody is. But, I, but I, I don't think John's coming out of his own pocket. I ain't saying he never did it. I don't know. I, I vouch for nobody. But in in the year 2020, 61-year-old Hall of Fame coach John Calipari ain't dropping off cash to somebody's uncle. Like that. that's just not the way these things get done. So um, I don't know. Mike Krzyzewski didn't have his fingerprints on this. Do I think it's possible, even likely, that Mike Krzyzewski was Rick Pitino? Like, hey, you know, just, you know, hey, yeah, something's something's wild probably happening. I don't need to know about it. I don't know about it. I'm not going to ask any questions because if we think it's ridiculous for Rick Pitino to just go, man, Brian Bowen just fell out of the sky. Well then we also have to think it's ridiculous that, you know, how does Duke come from nowhere to get Zion? You're exactly right. When he committed, it was a Saturday and I remember it because it was the worst weekend for Clemson. Like they lost a basketball game. You're right. One of their key players suffered a season ending injury and then Zion picked Duke. Everybody thought he was going to Clemson. And then it's just Duke out of nowhere. So once we know all of this, there's just too much what? There's too much what there. Like, okay, we thought you were going to Clemson. And by the way, like we we also know Clemson was – there was a Clemson assistant coach yeah. breaking rules uh, in the recruitment pretended, of Zion. He
0: Pretended he did not know how to get to Zion Williamson's house when he drove with Brad Brown out there because he had gone so many times which is really one of the all-time amazing anecdotes that came out of the trial that came out because he was caught on video at the Cosmo in July 2017 at the t- by the way just real quick to set the whole scene that's happening on the same day that Zion Williamson is playing LaMelo Ball in the you know the biggest circus of a of a grassroots event that I've ever attended that most have attended aside from anything that might have been related with LeBron so it's just crazy to think back like like, I remember Zion playing the game, flooding the floor after, and, like, kids going nuts over Zion and some other, like, YouTube dude who's got, like, 4 million followers. Fi- I got no idea who this kid is, but people are losing their minds at some YouTube star. It was uh, it was totally wild. But, yes, the um, uh, but the assistant who's now at Florida State just kind of funnily telling the anecdote in retrospect being like, yeah, man, I'm, t- I'm purposely taking the wrong left turn there. I don't know where I'm going. It's the first time I've been here. In reality, he's like I can get there if I close my eyes. I know exactly where I'm going.
1: Oh, and he's also correct me if I'm wrong. He's like caught saying, "Listen, we can we can get a deal done. We just got to do it the way the football program yeah, does Yeah, he basically
0: intimated he <laughs> intimated as much that yeah, and that came out, and then yeah, that was a whole whole deal. Uh, yeah, that was uh that was something else. Yep.
1: Okay, so we know a blue blood was willing to do a deal. It's caught on a wiretap. That's Kansas. We know his in-state school was willing to do a deal. Um, also talked about on a wiretap. So, like, then he goes to Duke for nothing? Like, get out of here. Okay, so, listen, I, I I think one way or another, somebody pulled some strings, broke some rules to get Zion Williamson enrolled at Duke. I do believe that. Um, that said, I don't think this is what everybody wants it to be. What everybody wants it to be is the thing that, you know, puts a stain on Mike Krzyzewski or or, you know, gets Duke a notice of allegations. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there has been a whole lot of Man, what was going on with Zion here? Man, what was going on with Zion there? Has there ever been any evidence that there was an actual major violation committed?
0: Oh, of course not. This is not – you're right. This is not what people are going to want it to be. I mean it's just – it's, it's... – it's not going to get to that point. Uh, if anything, if there is a need for a settlement, maybe there will be one with obviously non-disclosure agreements and we're never going to even get to that point. Uh, there could surely be depositions, but those depositions won't be subject... They'll be sealed. And I mean, a- unless we ever got to a trial situation when they could be uh, uncovered publicly and, and entered into evidence, maybe. Um, I don't know. This is this seems to be as much of a PR push and yep. a, a, a jaded party, which probably understandably so to a certain degree. I mean, listen, like you, you had... Into some sort of form of agreement, Zion Williamson, on the on the dotted line, if you will, and when that happens, you have an athlete that that stands to be one of the most famous and lucrative athletes in American sports in the past three decades. You know, so uh, to lose out on that, I, I I can you know I don't know all the details of why and and when and how it happened, but I I can understand being really pissed at that. Um, and now you're just trying to find anything you can after the fact to kind of. Uh, to throw a skunk into the whole thing if you will so um, it's it's I get why people can be like you know what? I don't care Simon Williams and his family got paid like they everyone should get paid I get all that and people are more chasing uh, some schadenfreude with with Duke you're just you're not going to get it because that's not how this works um, could Duke in some ways be uh, latched to this I guess it's possible just you know a quick couple more anecdotes. Like when all of this happened, you know, I, I did reach out to Duke multiple times and was, was told that two separate investigations were held, uh, in regard to this. And and the incident looked around and nothing could be proven or nothing came about it with all of that. So Duke is going to rely on, on all of those. And, um, and so I just, I don't see how this actually winds up going. I know this is going to be infuriating to people that can't stand Duke. I get all that, but I, I, Personally, my prediction, GP, would that this is not going to be something that goes somewhere where people want it to go at an NCAA level.
1: Right. There still, to this day, has never been a credible allegation backed by evidence against Zion or his family. That's correct. Now, yeah, right. So, listen, I, I've already explained. I think, of, I think they were taken from who knows where. I, 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 I bet my entire 401k on it. But... You know, like this document on Sunday got a whole lot of attention and it it also just wasn't what people think it was. It, it wasn't like uh, we believe Zion Williamson right. did this thing. Deny it. We believe Zion Williamson did this thing. Deny it. It was like um, admit that you didn't get money from – admit that you got money from here. Admit right. that you got money from there. It would be like if I said, Matt Norlander, I'm suing you. Um, and um, the, 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 admit that you beat your wife yesterday. Okay. Admit that you killed your neighbor last year. Admit that you stole a car sometime. It'd be like, Jesus, what is Matt Norlander up to? And it'd right. be like, um, I'm not going to admit to any of that stuff. I haven't done any of those things. Like, that's all this document was. Now, it could lead to him having to testify under oath, and just trust me when I tell you, that ain't happening. Because uh, though these questions, these, uh, these, 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 these things that they would want to ask him are vague or appear to be vague. Um, he doesn't want to start answering questions under oath about any of this stuff. Duke doesn't want him answering questions under oath about any of this stuff. Nike doesn't want him mm-hmm. answering questions under oath about any of this stuff. So I will tell you exactly how this is going to go down. Zion's lawyers are going to continue to fight to have the case the 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 um, the, the the case dismissed. They just they want it thrown out. Yep. And if it ever gets to a point to where it's not thrown out and now he's being asked to sit for a deposition, testify under oath, they will p- they'll pay and make this go away. Like it, 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 at some yeah. point, is it, uh, okay, here's $5 million. Leave, leave me alone. All right, here's $10 million. Leave me alone. Um, I don't want to say whatever the price is you pay it, but if it's a few million dollars you just to make this all go away, then that's, that is the smart thing to do. It's the smart thing for the brand of Duke basketball. So if you are hoping that this is going to bring Duke down, um, I don't think there's a chance of that. Here's, a, here's my prediction. Zion Williamson or people connected Zion Williamson will pay to have this go away. They'll settle it out of court, and Duke will never get a notice of allegations about it, <laughs> and, and, and life goes on.
0: Life uh, life indeed does go on. Um, I'll be interested to see when Krzyzewski does this next media availability kind of behind the curtain. I requested an interview with him about a week and a half ago. And was told uh, no, but we're going to do some sort of Zoom media availability here in in the coming weeks. We'll let you know. Um, I'll be interested to see if that uh, if that still remains on schedule or not uh, with him. But um, but hey, it keeps interesting. By the way, a completely separate side note: uh, Can you hear the steamroller outside my house right now? Can you? I mean, they, I, have, I have not heard the. Okay, steamroller. I, I I doubt this is getting picked up by uh, by the microphone. But you mentioned like all the stuff you've been going through during uh, during quarantine. Um, for the past four months, they've been expanding the road. I, I live on a somewhat of a busy road and near some schools, so they've been expanding the road to like install a stoplight and like literally the steamroller is shaking the foundation of my house right now. <laughs> today is the day they are putting down the final level of, of blacktop out there as they expand the road from two lanes. They need a turning lane and all this kind of stuff. So I just wanted to make sure that you couldn't quite uh, quite hear that. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been surreal. Like waking up to jackhammers at eight in the morning. It's just been a beautiful beautiful thing in quarantine for the past three I've heard months.
1: the only thing I've heard it perhaps it's drowned out by my kids bouncing around in the backyard. That is what I hear.
0: Oh, that happened earlier as well, but I didn't say it. They were my kids were 100% about 25 minutes ago screaming, and I don't know if you could <laughs> quite hear that in the distance, but that was also uh, that was also going down. Hey, real quick on the Kansas thing, GP. Um, mm-hmm. that came out Friday, um, just as as kind of an odds and ends thing. Uh, you know, it was a headline for a day. It wasn't anything too too big. Basically, it was the NCAA... Coming back at Kansas, saying, you know, all right, you you've said what you need to say. We're going to retort here, and there was a like an 82-page document that uh, again lays out why the NCAA believes that um, Kansas is guilty uh, of lacking uh, oversight of its program, uh, lack of institutional control, if you will, GP, and going after Self and going after Townsend. Now, Kansas remains, like, doggedly against this. It will get interesting. Like, the, the back and forth, this is definitely a, a tete-a-tete. It, there's there's no doubt about it in terms of how vigorously Kansas is going to fight. And uh, to a large extent, from a practical standpoint, let's just think logically uh, the kind of case that that the NCAA could have here. Um what did you make of that? And do you have, for the benefit of our listenership here, like we don't know when a committee on infractions meeting is going to happen. Um, do you have any sort of sense on, on what should be an expectation with the timeline there, considering that maybe coronavirus might again even delay this even more into next season?
1: Yeah, I think the virus complicates everything when it comes to trying to predict the timeline for anything like, you know, these uh, committee on infractions hearings are obviously typically done in person. You know, is this something we're really going to handle on a Zoom call? I I don't know. I don't think
0: GP, I don't. It's not that they can't do it. They just never do it that way. And when you have those interrogations from the committee on infractions with self or with Townsend or anyone else, obviously the dynamic of being in the same room as someone else is so much more. Beneficial to the process than like you and I when we podcast in person like these are great don't get me wrong but when we podcast in person we just always feel better about it because there's something to be said about being face to face with someone so my expectation would be that they're gonna try somehow some way to do it in person but that might end up delaying it four weeks six weeks eight weeks
1: right so um, I was surprised by the reaction to this like I started getting like you know tweets from readers or listeners or whomever, and they were like, oh, so you're just not gonna say anything about this Kansas situation? I'm like, well, what, what, what's new? Like, from, from my perspective, here's what's happened. The NCAA has sent a notice of allegations. They said, Kansas, you really were cheating. And then Kansas responded and said, you know what? We weren't really cheating, and then the NCAA responded and said, "Man, we we do think you were cheating." And that's that's the only new thing. Like, what's new here? Like, I mean, you you did all the reporting on it. You tell me, like, what's the big? What is the big development from last Friday?
0: There, not not a lot. Unless you are trying to keep up with the language uh, of the of the allegations and what Kansas is saying versus what the NCAA is saying, there's not a ton there. It's just it's the next formal step, and right. now. We just wait to hear when there might be uh, a COI hearing, or if they don't go that way, um, the IARP review. But remember, again, every time we talk about one of these, you know, NC State was first, and then Kansas came after. Louisville's even after that. Like the part we're talking about right now with Kansas, we're months away from getting to that part with Louisville. There, so it's it's one after another after another, and we haven't even got to the point where Arizona and LSU have received. Noa's period yet, so it's it's. I, I understand for uh, for some, it might be hard to keep track with all of this stuff. Um, it was a headline for a day, and it's it's not insignificant. It was just it was the formal like the official like, okay, this is what you, this is what you say, this is what we say, completely at odds, um, and we'll wait and see. To me, the biggest thing about all this is that we don't know the date of the hearing, and. Whether or not the season gets postponed or not, whether that affects any potential suspensions for self or talents, and like, that's where it actually has an impact. If there's a postseason ban, like would it be for next season? When can that land? All these things are kind of uh, tied to all that. So that's, I think, the biggest takeaway there. And then we just wait for whatever school uh, might come next.
1: Yeah, I had some people ask, like, oh, so what, what do you have to say about Kansas? Same thing I've said from the jump. I think they cheated. I think they got caught, And I think they're going to be punished severely. Like my opinion hasn't changed. I just don't see how they how they how they're gonna beat this. Like I understand the motivation to fight, fight, fight. Um, when you think, and I emphasize the word think, but I promise you, the people at Kansas think that Duke has been benefiting from Nike and Kentucky's benefited from Nike. So, why, so, so yeah, sure, we benefited from Adidas, but like, why why are we any different? Well, you're not. You just, but you got caught. You, you you got caught. And I just don't have don't know how they beat this. Like it. You know, it's funny in these documents, you've got all these Kansas administrators, like talking about T.J. Gasnola, like he's a scumbag, right? They're like, um, you know, this guy was um, obviously, you know, a scumbag. They're, they're probably they're trying to paint it out like he was out on his own doing his thing, and we, you know, we didn't have anything to do with it, right? Which is which is laughable, of but course. Whatever. Yes, uh, but but the argument. So they're setting up this thing where T.J. Gasnola, everybody knew he was a scumbag and everybody knew he was a pr- problem. And ev- okay, then why didn't you do anything about it? <laughs> like, like then why? That I mean, that's mm-hmm. the first question in the uh, committee on fractions hearing. Okay, you all, all of you sitting here are telling us T.J. Gasnola was the worst person on the world, a walking NCAA violation. Well, why is he with your head coach all of the time? Why is he around your team all of the time? Why didn't anybody step in and 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 break that up, and the answer is obvious because they didn't want to, because they were getting from T J exactly what they wanted from T J, and I'm assuming just like everybody else who's ever been involved in these things, like there's really no precedent for a shoe company employee getting a school in trouble. Or I, I shouldn't say there's no precedent. I I don't. I'm not a historian, but like, it is sort of. It, we talked about this before. It, it was sort of accepted behavior within the sport. Like, listen, Adidas is going to do what Adidas does. Uh, Under Armour is going to do what a Under Armour does. Nike is going to do what Nike does, and like everybody gets what they get. Um, and so, if you're Kansas, you're like, well, if 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 Kentucky's not getting in trouble with Nike and Maryland's not getting in trouble with Under Armour, then why are we going to get in trouble with Adidas? Well, well, here we are. <laughs> I mean, but that's I can totally understand how they all rationalized it in the moment. I just don't understand how you beat it once you've been accused of it in a formal way by the NCAA.
0: I don't either. Um, I know. I, I, don't. I, I <laughs> this is the kind of thing that'll probably infuriate some Kansas fans, particularly on the heels of what we talked about with with Duke. I mean, TJ worked for Adidas, and if you told me that in some ways he helped uh, with Zion's situation when he was playing for Adidas on the on the uh, on the grassroots circuit, like that wouldn't that would not stun me whatsoever. So. Um, yeah, so that was the, that was the latest with that. Um, I did have two. Do you have any thoughts? Any more thoughts? I, I had two quickies to wrap up the pod. Nothing too big, but I, I had to congratulate you on on something and then provide a, a quick note on something else.
1: Oh, I will accept my congratulations.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, congratulations um, for, uh, for to Josh Parrish, who I believe is your half brother, correct? Uh, Josh Parrish uh, announced that he has committed to play at the University of San Diego. Uh, this came on Tuesday. Have you have you seen have you seen the tweet? Do you have anything to say about your uh, about your brother Josh Parrish and, and his decision to continue his college career?
1: Uh, uh, two things. A, I am not related to Josh Parrish and B, I honestly don't even know what you're talking.
0: Well, about. Well, I just sent you a, a text uh, with with the with the grab of the of the tweet announcement there. So why don't you give it give it a look there, Josh Parrish. We've got a uh, Michael Carter Williams, Marcus Zagorowski situation going on there. But um, I noticed this happened, <laughs> so uh, didn't. <laughs> yeah, then my cousin Josh. There you go, Josh Parrish. Josh Parrish about to get a lot of love for the Toreros in, <laughs> in the coming season. Shouts to you, Josh Parrish. And then I did want to um, – I wanted to give – we've kind of uh, gotten a little bit away from uh, some of the reader reviews and questions, and maybe we can fill up some time in the offseason, uh, do an episode or something with all that. But I did want to give a shout to Kat, who, uh, who sent me a note. It was, it was very nice, and uh, she mentions you in this, so I'm just going to read this real quick here. Because um, we talked about weddings on the previous podcast with you in Jamaica and all, and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she um, she said, speaking of weddings going not, not going the way you imagine, like many others at this time, my husband and I's wedding was disrupted by the pandemic. We're both huge college basketball fans, and we purposely scheduled our April ceremony for the weekend after the tournament just in case our beloved Wahoos of Virginia went for the repeat. Well, three weeks out, we decided to cut the ceremony ceremony down to a handful of people in my husband's parents' backyard and streaming on Zoom for everyone else. My mom wasn't even there, which was very hard. It was not at all what we envisioned a year ago, but it still turned out amazing. And a year from now, we're doing a vow renewal ceremony with everyone there for what will be one heck of a party. Consider this yours and Gary's invitation. She attached a photo of, of her husband wearing, <laughs> I don't know if this is serious or a joke, um, a gas mask as they make their first kiss. This is Powerful, sad stuff. He's, he's wearing a gas mask that his dad picked up at a garage sale. Oh, by the way, his dad's name is Gary, so Parrish yes. is in good company here. Thanks so much for you, what you guys do. We've loved listening through all of the craziness, and we, too— Support premarital sex. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) So there you go. There you go to that. Uh, I thought it was a very nice uh, message. I just discovered it in my inbox. I I told Kat I'd try and give her a shout on the next pod. Uh, Her and her husband are big listeners, Virginia fans. And uh, so there's another Gary out there and another fan premarital sex, which it always seems to come back to on this podcast.
1: Remember when the war, the worst things we were dealing with were zero star reviews from people who didn't endorse <laughs> premarital sex the way I did?
0: Those were the days, man. Those were the days. What happened?
1: What ha- we were going? Everything was going along pretty good.
0: It was. It was going along so well. Now look at us. Now look, now look at us. Look what we found it ourselves. Is. Now look at
1: us. And like, you know. um, I had to make a video yesterday for, I don't know, some CBS Sports social thing, like c- congratulating graduates. Um, like everybody is like just missing out on big, big moments. I mean I know like the, the, the big important thing is that people are dying and losing their jobs. I got it. But like uh, high school students,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like uh, just – I mean imagine you were a high school baseball player. And it's just like you never get to have your senior year. Like exactly. It's just take a, no, that's that's not a small thing, GP. You're really, absolutely no, right. No, like I would have been hard. Like and I wasn't even that good, but like I would have been. If you'd have just told me, hey, you're getting ready for your high, your senior year of high school, uh, baseball season, and then it's just like, oh yeah, you're never, you'll never play, and you'll never play again. Like that's rough. You know, kids are not having their graduation, um, weddings are either being postponed or done in ways nobody could have envisioned. It's just such a, you know, again. I always try to remind myself like I'm I'm better than most. I understand that. I, and I don't take it for granted, but it just this is a, it's a shitty way to live, man. It is. It's just it's just an awful way to live.
0: I'll uh, I'll wrap with this and then we can we can get on going here. Um but so on Mother's Day, and happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers who listen to the pod. Shout's to you. Uh, shouts to Devin Downey's mother, of course. Um Down. we uh we haven't really done we've done some takeout here and there, not a ton, but I've, I've bought gift cards and stuff like that. But, um, I told my wife, I was like, listen, if you want, let's just, let's have like a nice, like, hibachi takeout order for, for Mother's Day, if you want. She's like, you know what? That would be amazing. Uh, I, I'm actually really craving that. So we happen to have a place that's, uh, about a mile from where we live, and it's in, uh, it's in a plaza, if you will, with a bunch of other stuff there, um, some of it which isn't open and, and some of it which uh, which is here and there. Like There's a liquor store in there and a Starbucks and a, a diner and a bank and, and another restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, um, uh, I pull in, and it's like Sunday – what, I guess you'd call it Sunday at 6 o'clock, and I saw a scene that I had not – Really seen since I was in high school, and I don't know if you did this or had people like. Remember when we were in high school and it was just a different time altogether, like just the '90s, a, a, a different universe. Okay, uh, and this behavior probably was even bigger in the '80s. But I pull in, and with everything closed, and uh, uh, presumably like responsible parents in Connecticut saying, "No, you can't invite over ninety of your friends to our house. That's just not going to happen." I pull into the the, the parking lot. And I see like thirteen kids just standing around outside their cars just talking, like being like, mm. F all this. I'm like, I haven't seen high school age kids just, you know, loitering in a parking lot. That was straight out of another decade, man. Like it was it was bizarre. I was like, you know what? Good for you guys. Do what you got. You can't go anywhere. This is how it used to be. You at has got the benefits of, of <laughs> phones and social media and all this stuff. This is what this is what people did in nineteen ninety to pass the time. They literally went into parking lots and just Hung out there for three hours, so that was a an unexpected oh, that, visual.
1: That was our thing. Like we yes. would hang out in the Taco Bell parking lot, no doubt. And then somebody somebody would come over from the Sonic parking lot, and then and there'd be a fist fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs>
1: now, you know, fast forward twenty years, and kids like just sort of you know play on their phones uh, and ignore each other. And now, or like Snapchat, we used to go to Taco Bell and fight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, now they're so stir crazy. They're like, uh, all right, because uh, uh, you can't like the parks near where I live. Like they're not even you can't even go there. So it's just like, all right, just go to a parking lot, I guess, and do what we got to do. They're so bored with even their phones, I guess. That they uh, find the silver linings, I guess. By the way, like, uh, like, uh, I just good.
1: I just I just bought my my little dudes a basketball goal. Because uh, that's on my were,
0: to do. By the way, I'm like I'm actually I'm like deep. Thank you for saying that because I wanted to bring this up on the previous podcast. If And I've asked a couple of coaches, and they've given me a a few uh, recommendations as well. But if anyone listening has... Done the whole, you know. Want to install? Like, I want to put a hoop in the ground. I don't want the one where you fill it up with water. Like, I want a legit hoop. So, if anyone's done it and has a recommendation or any tips, please let me know because I'm about I'm about ready. Plus, you know, my boys are young, so they're not quite ready for it. But, uh, but you know, a hoop in the driveway would be great. So, if you have a tip, uh, uh, feel free to find me and let me know. Go ahead, GP. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's just there's so many hours in the day. Like the, you know. Uh, people always say life is life is short, and it is. I get that, but days are long life is short but days are long and there's there's not enough there's too many hours in the day and so they just get like we've got the little sort of like toy basketball goal that you know your two-year-old messes around with and they've been playing on that for like hours at a time and so i was like i'm just gonna buy them an actual basketball goal and i mean that's first of first of all
0: no one calls it a basketball goal it's a hoop like what are we doing here
1: I call it a basketball goal.
0: No. no. What, what? We can yeah. get a basketball
1: goal, put it in my yard.
0: All right. No, that's not. All right. Hold on. Real time right now. People are going to now have seen the tweet and realize why I tweeted this unprompted and what I was getting at there. It's it's a basketball hoop. By the way, not a lot of people realize. GP, you, know, you talked about there's a lot of hours of the day. A lot of people don't realize that you have to get 68 teams into the NCAA tournament except when you don't. Mm-hmm. And there are actually 24 hours in the day.
1: A lot of people don't understand that there are 24 hours in the day. And even if you sleep eight hours, that, that leaves for kids 16 hours of being awake at home right now. That's their existence with no school and no friends. And so we end up uh, – it's it's iPads, movies, um, digging. They like to dig. They've created a little place in the backyard where they dig they like to like dig holes and whatever, and so some of that. And then um, yeah, they've been they, you know with a lot of baseball. We've been you know playing catch and even hitting wiffle balls. And uh, yeah, if a basketball if a basketball goal will pass some <laughs> okay. of this time, then it's an investment I'm about to make.
0: i put the tw- i put the Twitter poll up. I'm put I'm setting the over. I said, what do you call it? And all I gave was a basketball hoop or a basketball goal. I'm setting the over/under at people saying basketball hoop at ninety percent. I think I think you're that in the minority. Basketball There's
1: goal? No, what? Oh, the early the early returns are not good. It's ninety-three percent basketball hoop. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we'll we'll. Uh, well, what
1: what have I been doing? I thought you would hoop. You would you would find a basketball goal and then hoop.
0: Well, you you can, but you no one says let's go find a basketball goal. What? Nobody says that. If you know, you Google, you've got some quirks you, about you that we're discovering slowly but surely. It's just. Hold on. Let's, let's go to Amazon and see what happens. Basketball.
1: Basketball. Damn it. The, the first autofill <laughs> is basketball hoop.
0: Yes, because that's what it is. You're on a basketball podcast right now. Yeah, but,
1: oh, but, but if you Google basketball goal, basketball hoops pop up. But listen, listen, I told you earlier, every time I speak or write, I want to be right. Well, I think I'm wrong here. uh,
0: I think I think you're actually doing okay right now. Listen, we're early. We're only 90 votes in and I'm down to 78.7 percent. So it's actually it's coming. It's coming back. if If
1: you look at the best selling basketball hoop on Amazon, it is the Silverback 60 inch in ground basketball
0: hoop that's what it's called there you go well i want to i want to get one nonetheless so what in the world people I, I tweeted this without any sort of context here so people might be thinking like what what are you doing you idiot it's not a basketball goal it's not my term you've listened to the podcast <laughs> now you know why there we go
1: all right you le- hey learn something every day shout him <laughs> gp learn. learn something every day shouts to Devin Downey. shouts to Chester, south carolina shouts to terry mf and teagle He's a legend, Chester Larnell. Please go subscribe to the Ion College Basketball Podcast via Apple Podcast. rated favorably. Put five stars on that name. Leave a nice comment, and we will talk to you again uh, real soon. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.